Let's head to Australia now, where our Australian correspondent Brad Foster is standing by. Hi, Brad. Good afternoon, Jesse. How are you? Great. Great to have you uh, back on the show. And I just said this a few minutes ago. There are quite a few golf courses in Auckland, and there's also a housing shortage. And so quite often people put the two of them together, but it never quite seems to come off. Um, The people in charge of the golf courses are obviously pretty good at keeping them as golf courses, but uh, there's going to be a change Mm. in Sydney. Quite close to the Sydney CBD, there's uh, Moore Park Golf Course. Golf course. Yeah, tell us what's going on there. um, Well, you you mentioned um, that... that, uh, uh, it's nine holes of it. It's going to make way for housing, but it's actually the opposite. The, um, the New South Wales Premier Chris Minns said on Sunday that he's going to halve the size of the course, um, and they're going to turn it into parkland for uh, for new residents to the area. So uh, it's uh, it's not a. I don't think it's a uh, a cash grab this time, Jesse. Although it would be very. Um, very uh, promising for any developers. Oh, hang on. Open, no, I've uh, got the wrong end of the stick then, I see. So they're reducing yeah. the golf course to nine holes, but the other the other area, the other nine holes were in, they're actually going to be somewhere that everyone can go and walk and use as a green space. Uh, that's is right. that the idea? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Um, now, this is because uh, the area is called Green Square. Um, it's just very close to the uh, Sydney Football Stadium, Redfern, and only... Uh, probably 10 minutes by car to the CBD. Now, there's apparently 30,000 residents living there at the moment, and that's going to grow to 80,000 in another 17 years. So uh, obviously the government is uh, considering where these people are going to uh, walk and exercise because the majority of the the, uh, the new housing or the housing that they're building is going to be apartments. So, of course, they need uh, areas for recreation. Now, not everyone is happy, and, of course, the club isn't happy. They've got 700 members, and the uh, club president, John Gosh. Janik, he said... He said they're going to fight the decision on behalf of uh, the club's members. And uh, one thing that he said, um, one area of importance he said was regist- uh, to be a member there is only $2,000. And you compare that to other nearby courses like the Australian, New South Wales, Royal Sydney, they charge up to $30,000 a year. You've probably seen a couple of those um, courses when you uh, land in Sydney and travel to the uh, mm. to the CBD. So, uh, But I don't think uh, the government will get their hands on those because they're private. Yeah. But um, they, uh, they certainly have their, uh, their eyes on Moore Park and – there are 16 government-owned courses in Sydney and there's some concern that um, maybe the government may uh, use repurposed golf courses in uh, Greater Sydney for more recreational areas, Jesse. Um, but uh, I guess Very we'll see. Very interesting move. Very interesting move. It seems, um, just from the outsider's perspective, like um, it may be the, sort of the best of both worlds because they are doing something for the good of... Sydney ciders, but maybe without the drawbacks some of that development might bring. You know, it's still obviously going to be a big green space and the environmental benefits of that presumably uh, soaks up plenty of rain when it arrives. It'll be very interesting. Has it been a popular decision? Oh, I've lost my Brad. Can we see if we can get him back up again? Brad, hello. Hi, Jesse. Hi. Uh, just a quick question for me was how that decision from the uh, government had gone down. Did it sound like it's popular or is it kind of 
Well, I think it's popular with um, uh, people who uh, live in that area, but uh, not so much with members. And yeah. uh, as I said, it, it's a cheap course. It's one of my one of my favourite courses, Jesse. I had my best round ever there when I used to play a lot of golf. So uh, I, uh, I I will uh, go and play the nine holes at some stage for memories. But the green space and housing, of course, is a challenge around the entire country. Now, up on the Gold Coast, there's a, a now derelict uh golf course called Arundel Hills and uh, the council has put in there um, a a proposal to build a new residential community of up to 447 houses. Um, Now of course residents there, they want green space, they don't want housing but of course the council wants uh, more housing because uh, there's a lot of people moving up there and there's something like, um, projections are by 2050 Australia's population will be 36 million people, 10 million more than we have now and of course that's all due to uh, the government's goal of increasing immigration so there could be less courses and more houses but hopefully uh, a little bit of green space for everybody yeah we're just actually listening to our local commentator bernard hickey today he uh, he thinks the government's only doing half of it here that they're uh, they're bringing in all the extra people without spending the money on infrastructure he says they're not really having enough of debate or being transparent enough about how many people are coming and how many people are likely to come so um, yep. An encouraging sign over there that the government is exact, is actually acknowledging this uh, likely extra 30,000 people in that area in Sydney and, and building something for them. Interesting. Mm. Um, you got a big birthday in your part of the world. We do. The Sydney Opera House had turned uh, 50 uh, this month in October. Um, now, you would expect that there would be a lot on uh, to celebrate that, but there hasn't been a, a real lot. Over the weekend, the people could take free tours through the, the Opera House, and there are some further events planned over the weeks ahead. Um, now, there have been a number of online presentations, particularly on the history of the venue, um, including one which was pretty interesting from the children of the Danish architect who designed it, yeah. Jorn Utzen. He, um, he, he, uh, the government, uh, back in 1956, they ran an international design competition. Jorn Utzen won that with 200 or from 233 designs submitted, and construction was due to take four years and cost seven million dollars. Now it actually took 14 years and cost 102 million dollars. <laughs> That's a blowout. It was. Mr. Utzon apparently quit the project halfway through completion, although some stories I've read saying he were, he may have been pushed um, rather than walked away himself because of the cost blowouts. Now, part of the problem, um, Jesse, was no one knew how to support the roof structure that he designed. Mm. And, of course, the, the roof is the thing that uh, makes it iconic. So the uh, the uh, building was completed by a young Australian architect by the name of Peter Hall. Now, put uh, Jutzen apparently wasn't invited to the October 20, 1973 opening, and he never returned to Sydney to see it completed. That's sad, isn't it? He, he died in 2008, and um, he said that he'd never returned to Australia, but uh, I'm sure that uh, he would have looked at a few pictures on, uh, <laughs> online. Quietly, and- yeah. <laughs> That was me. But his children aren't <laughs> holding a grudge, eh? No, I don't think so, no. Uh, they named one of the halls uh, after him uh, not too long ago um, in the Opera House, so maybe all is forgiven. And uh, it certainly seems like um, governments can't uh, work out how much things are going to cost, even back then. Uh, we we always seem to have cost blowouts. No, it's incredible, isn't it? It's really incredible. Yeah.
Okay, anything yeah. else happening in your part of the world? Well, bushfire season has come early yesterday. Oh, gosh, there were six, yeah, 66 fires of varying size across the state and a number of blazes in southeast Queensland. Uh, now, there's predicted rainfall later this week, which should help with the, the firefighting efforts, but the rain won't last long, and New South Wales residents are being asked to consider conserving water with much of the state now in drought. And you remember a year or so ago, we were... We were drowning in uh, flood waters, and yeah. now uh, now we're into a drought again. So um, uh, now the Matildas women's soccer team they start their Olympic qualifying journey in Perth this Thursday with a game against Iran. Uh, but you'll probably be more interested in uh, what's happening on the weekend, Jesse, with the rugby. <laughs> yeah, although I have just noted that uh, I accidentally six months ago booked a plane flight the exact time that the. Uh, Final is oh, on on Sunday morning. That was a bit short-sighted. Every New Zealander should put the Rugby World Cup final in their calendar as soon as it's announced. <laughs> I've made a grave <laughs> error. <laughs> well, I, I must say that I'll be watching it with my uh, my New Zealand brother-in-law uh, early Sunday morning, I think. And uh, uh, I will be barracking for uh, the All Blacks, Jesse. As, as you said last week, they are my second team now. I don't know what's happened to me. Yeah, good for you. Um, Cricket World Cup, you were uh, Australia were bottom of the table, but I see that's started to improve. So uh, you're not out of the reckoning for that Finally. either. Yeah, yeah. Finally, <laughs> you had a you had a loss. Uh, we did to India. We we played okay, but yeah, India and New Zealand one and two, then South Africa mm. and Australia. Quite fun having two World Cups on at the same time. Thanks, Brad. Nice to have you on. Okay, Jesse. Brad Foster, our Australian correspondent.